lovely listeners, welcome to episode 99 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. Whoop, whoop, 99, baby. Uh, <laughs> I am your titular Stace, your host. And um, before I introduce my delightful co-host for the day, I just want to say that you haven't gone bananas. I have released this episode a bit too early this month, but it's only because I'm sort of swapping it round with Stace, Bob and the Dweebs. Because one of the dweeves, Cough Duncan, is a giant bellend and apparently has a life outside of me, which is a bit rude, and uh, and couldn't, you know, sort his life out to do a recording this week. So, you know, fuck Duncan, I guess. Um, <laughs> but that's okay, because it means I get to talk to my good friend and parlour regular and jolly spiffing gent, Lee Grice. Hello, Lee. Hello. You're all right, petal. Every time I go, I'm not going to do, do the stupid hello because I always do the stupid hello and I hate <laughs> it. And every time I go, I'm not going to, I'm going to do a sophisticated hi. And then I don't. I always go, hello. I uh, I always have the problem with introductions where I feel like I'm really bigging a person up and then I go, it's Lee Grice. And there's nobody here to like <laughs> clap and cheat. It's just like tumbleweeds and you going, yeah, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Supremely awkward, and I hate doing intros. Hate it. I yeah. freely admit that. Um, I think this is why I'm good because I've got nothing, you know, worth introducing about. So it is just case. <laughs> well, he's here again. I was, I was stuck. So you know, <laughs> I was in a pinch. <laughs> <laughs> he's, you know, he's never busy. So. <laughs> That's not what I was thinking. What I was thinking was, cool. Lee does a lot of pop culture, yeah. Like that, that was my main thinking because that's my problem you see when when other people aren't able to record with me i've got like a limited pool of folks that i know that mm. watch or read or like take in as much pop culture as i do yeah. and it's basically you and rich <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. it is his turn last time so it's my turn this time it was his turn last time i think he's getting sick of me because of like having to record a couple of episodes of the parlor as well as doing stace bob and the dweebs Mm. Uh, I think he's just like, will you, will you just stop recording me and leave me alone? <laughs> yeah. Can you at least start putting my name in the title? Can I, have, can I have my opinions in peace, please? <laughs> and I'm like, no. You need to broadcast them to the nation. Exactly. So uh, what was I going to say? Oh, no, I'm doing a terrible job of this already, aren't I? Fuck's sake. Right, guys, I'm just going to say this <clears throat> off, off the top of the, uh, at the top of the show. I'm using a different headset and it's crushing my head. And I don't really know how to deal with that right now because I don't know how loud I am and I don't know how quiet I am. And also I feel like I feel like I'm making a lot of like internal nasal noises that I've never noticed in my own head before. She's stressing me out a bit. And on top of that, I'm recording on a different computer. So basically, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm really distracted. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're sounding good to me. You're sounding like crystal clear. To That's me. Good. So I'm not hearing any like nasal whistles or stomach oh. gurgles or, any, or anything like that. So. No farts just yet. <laughs> no, not yet. You're doing good. <laughs> I have eaten quite a lot this evening. But anyway, that's another story for another day. That, that's a surprise for later on. <laughs> so first things first, before we get cracking on some spiffing new content, Lee watched The Joker yesterday. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I know I already talked about it with Rich on last uh, last month's episode, but I feel like for somebody who has such a strong opinion of it as Lee, it is not fair to do a recording the day after he watched it and say, you're not allowed to talk about this. 
So, if you don't want to hear me talking about the Joker again with added Lee this time round, skip the next sort of five-ish minutes. We yeah. have had a pre-podcast recording rant about it to try and get a lot of it out of our system. Yeah. But yeah. I can feel that there's still a lot bubbling under Lee's surface. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel Lee, like I need to start with, and another thing. <laughs> so, Lee, your thoughts on the Joker okay. in five minutes or less. Go. <laughs> so, so, for a start... I feel like I've been duped again. <laughs> so I, you know, the, the trailers came out and I thought that doesn't look like my cup of tea at all. It looks like a film that doesn't, um, doesn't want to do a Joker story. I, for a start, I don't really feel the need for a Joker origin story anyway. It's not like it's a story that's not been told. I mean, the Tim Burton movie had a Joker origin story. Gotham, the TV series has basically had a five year, you know, <laughs> joker origin story we don't really need to see it there doesn't seem to be any need for it it's not like my personal theory is that it was it was like green lit after the dark knight after heath ledger really just stole the show and everybody went wow fucking hell we need to do a joker movie too sweet so it got green lit then heath ledger died and someone forgot to shut it down and it just tootled along through the production pre-production and and then it's all of a sudden oh we've got this fucking joker movie we need to do and everyone's going why so the trailer came out i thought that doesn't look like my cup of tea it looks a very boring trailer i think i'll skip that and then uh, the next trailer came out and it didn't look any better so i thought no i'm definitely going to skip that then the director did interviews and said, this is really going to piss off the comic book fans because it's got fuck all to do with the comics and fuck all to do with any other version of the Joker. So I thought, okay, thanks for letting me know that. I uh, I can just stay away from it. And then all of a sudden, this tidal wave of kind of praise for it started coming back. You know, like, the, what was it? An eight-minute stand innovation at some film festival. Mm-hmm. And then there's all this, like, Oscar buzz and all this kind of stuff. And I just put it off and put it off and put it off. And then... I just thought, oh, I need to see this just so I can have an opinion about it because I'm getting battered by people whose opinions I respect, like comic book creators and friends who've seen it, and I've, I've just gone nuts for it, going, this is amazing. I mean, there's all this best movie of the year talk. Now, I hadn't, I hadn't listened to your podcast before, but uh, basically I agreed with every fucking word you said because I listened <laughs> to it, and I was just going, yeah, sister, fucking, I didn't say sister. I went, yeah, that's... <laughs> Because I, I was just watching it thinking, this is the dumbest movie pretending to be a smart movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand where what what movie people have seen that they love so much. Because it's sure as shit not the one I watched last night. <laughs> because it, it's just, it's just, there's no kind of arc to it. There's no kind of integrity to it like they, they make a big deal about it being like a serious movie and that it has a lot to say about mental health nope. there is a lot to say about wealth and no. poverty and yeah. stuff like that but it literally <laughs> doesn't it like it doesn't deal with any of that it literally just plays lip service to it it goes he's on meds and they've you know cut the funding but it doesn't make any difference to his arc whatsoever he's 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 kind of like a broken disturbed man before then he goes off then he kills somebody then he's off his meds and he's still exactly the same broken disturbed person 
he was before, there's no kind of escalation really at all. I mean, even even if you just take away the thing that it's it, that it's got nothing to do with the comic book Joker, and I I really it makes me mad anyway because I'm like, if you're not going to do that character, don't fucking do it. Mm. Call it something else. We you know we I, I'm old enough to remember when we get like Captain America movies that had got nothing to do with Captain America and Hulk movies that were barely anything to do like the you know the Lou Ferrigno TV show that mm. had nothing to do with the Hulk comics at all really. So I, I I grew up with the whole you take what you're given. But over the last 10 years, we've really had a revolution in comic book movies where they're actually they're being made by people who love the source material. And we're seeing the source material reflected on screen. We're seeing, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, for fuck's sake. We're seeing the Watchers on the on the big screen. We've seen Ego, the living planet mm. on the big screen. This is ridiculous stuff. We're seeing Kirby art basically reproduced on screen and all this kind of stuff. And Joker just feels like a massive backstep to 20 30 years ago when it was kind of like where comics got no respect and it was all about oh we'll do this but i'm going to legitimize it with my great movie making skills and i'm going to chuck out all this nonsense comic book shit and i'm going to keep the bare minimum that so we can justify calling this character this name Mm. i i actually said to rich that i genuinely think that this film would have been better if it hadn't bothered making itself beholden to like batman stuff because it was very clear to me that it was like oh we need like a rich person for him to hate a bit Mm. thomas wayne i guess because batman like it's it feels so shoehorned yeah. Um, especially because I don't think the film feels like it's in Gotham. It feels no. like New York. Oh, it's, it's New York. It stinks of New York. Like it's all yeah. over it. So that that didn't reconcile in my head at all. I didn't feel like I was watching anything Batman related. And I actually feel like I might have liked it a bit more if it did. It's like this is a ridiculous comparison to make, and we will shut up about this in a minute because it's already been over five minutes. But it, it felt to me, I felt about it how I felt about the Resident Evil movie the first time I saw it, which was, yeah. I would have liked this a thousand percent more if you hadn't said it was Resident Evil. Yeah. Because you've set up an expectation with me by saying it's Resident Evil. So I'm expecting uh, a creepy mansion in the woods. I'm expecting the stars team to go in and investigate. I'm expecting zombies up the wazoo. And then Mm. I'm expecting a fucking tyrant or some sort of big monster shite at the end. That's what I want from a Resident Evil movie. Zombies, weird science experiments, moiders. What I don't want is like a mystical clone person in the form of like a half-naked Miljovovich. A superhero movie, really. Well, yeah. Like, but if you'd have said to me, oh, I don't know, this movie, have you seen this movie that's called like Alice? It's about Mm. this bird who was like a genetic experiment and they didn't mention the word umbrella. I'd be like, it's not a great movie, but it ain't bad. (laughs) And that's how I feel about Joker. Like to me, it was like, I mean, I still don't think I would have liked it because it's absolutely full of plot holes. Yeah. And Wacken Phoenix is give me an Oscar acting to like it's so visibly acting. Yeah. <laughs> like I know that sounds like a stupid thing to say because everybody's acting, but like he's literally like he's practically looking at the camera going, When are you giving me an Oscar though? Yeah. Like it's it's very aggressively acting. But like I, I would have liked it a little bit more if it hadn't been called Joker and we never mentioned the Waynes and we definitely didn't kill the Waynes in an alleyway at the back of a screen in a fucking mm. sorrow the whatever. Like just get out of town with that nonsense. Yeah, it it just I think like because I mean I should explain I <laughs> I spent about an hour bitching to you about it on WhatsApp last night and then picked it up again this morning bitching about it. 
but it was but it was yeah it just felt like like a hodgepodge of there was a little bit i mean obviously i mean clearly the scorsese stuff is is right up front they clearly want to be making a scorsese movie not a dc movie but um and and i'm not a scorsese fan at all so that's you know it's not on my menu anyway it's really not in my wheelhouse anyway but at least then i wouldn't have felt compelled to go and see it because it wouldn't be related to something i'm usually interested in but also there's, there's you got it's also like there's a big chunk of psycho in there there's a big chunk of falling down in there there's a big chunk of uh, the machinist in there all better films that had like integrity and a purpose and a focus and were original and unique I mean, there's even a, a huge depth to like V for Vendetta in there. Where the fuck that came from? <laughs> I don't know, but it's like, yeah, well, you know, I, I, assume, I guess it went kind of sideways because they were looking at the anonymous movement that went, mm. that obviously came, you know, borrowed a chunk from V for Vendetta. But it, but the, but the, again, it just didn't make any sense. It was just a very dumb movie pretending to be smart. Like, I mentioned to you before, like, there's a character in there who gets suffocated with a pillow in hospital where they, they've actually got there are oxygen tubes up their nose how do you suffocate somebody with a pillow who's got who's who's on oxygen it doesn't make sense <laughs> there's, there's, yeah there's, there's the bit at the start that just just inexplicably annoyed me where he's he, he obviously is a jobbing clown and he's a sign guy doing the twirly sign thing Mm. Uh, for a start i don't think they had the toily sign thing in the 70s i think that's a relatively new invention but okay let's put that aside in gotham they had the toily sign guy if you're because it's, and it's for a business that's closing down who if you're closing down you're literally going bankrupt and you're on a closing down sale who's who wastes money hiring a clown to do the toily sign thing you... oh do you know what i I've never understood this as a concept anyway, because I've never taken a look at one of those guys and thought, yeah, I'll go in that shop. Like yeah. there's a, there is a guy, bless him, who has to stand in a Pikachu onesie, out not far from a shop called Tokyo Toys in Birmingham, yeah. with a sign that says, Tokyo Toys, come down here for all your like, Pokemon and anime needs. And I just think, no. <laughs> you you go, scare I'll, me. If I get walk away past the it. shop and I want to go in, I'll go in. Yeah. It's like I've never understood the idea of like people advertising on the street. You know mm. when people come up as well and they say, "Oh, have you thought about changing your internet provider?" And I was like, "Well, even if I have, I'm not going to think who's yeah. the best person to ask. Oh, I know this stranger on the street. Yeah. Like, fuck off. Anyway, it's been ten minutes. We both hated it. <laughs> yeah. Both fucking, fucking hated it. Move on. Fucking Move the fuck Full on. of holes. Garbage town. So, yeah. should we talk about something good? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Yay. Segue into something else. Let's. Do, do you want to do a? Should we? Should we start with Rick and Morty? Oh, go on. Yeah, I, I, you've surprised me there. I didn't think you'd go for Rick and Morty first, but yeah. Okay. Oh, how has that surprised you? <laughs> Have you met me? <laughs> Gosh, I, I'm flabbergasted that you're cool. that you're clapping your hands, and going. Shall we? Shall we do Rick and Morty first? If you if you look at my notes for today, because because Lee and I were texting about what we were going to talk about, and um, my notes are like half a page of Rick and Morty, and then like a quarter of a page of the two other things that we said we were going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 when I messaged you early on and you were saying, you know, we were, you asked me to come on and I messaged you saying something and I said, have you seen the new Rick and Morty? 
And I'm thinking, of course she's seen the news. <laughs> I would have to be, like, they'd have to be, I'd have to be dead <laughs> to have not seen the new Rick and Morty. I'd have to literally be dead. Or, like, the whole world is on fire, nuclear yeah. war times, for me to have not seen it. I, I, I just thought, if you'd come back with, like, what do you mean, the new Rick and Morty? I'd be like, holy shit, she's been replaced. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's when, you know, if I go onto the internet and I'm like, do you know what? Rick and Morty isn't that good. That's me asking for help in like a kidnap situation or something. That is, that's me trying to say to people, help me. Uh, something's wrong. Yeah. I've, I've been replaced by a clone, by a body snatcher. There's something severely wrong. Yeah. You know how that people say like, what's the thing if you were like kidnapped and somebody said, Oh, text your mate to let them know you're okay. Yeah. And you sent them like, uh, what what would let your friend know that you categorically weren't okay and that would be mine it'd be like me texting like you or jenny or rich saying do you know what rick and morty just isn't that good i can't i can't be asked with rick and morty this uh, week i think i think i'll just give up on it for life it's shit isn't it <laughs> <laughs> mine, mine would be, don't send me any more nudes please <laughs> do you know what i hate pin-up girls <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it'd be, it'd be like, hey, will you stop sending me the arse photos please <laughs> yes. Oh God! People are going to get such a weird view of our relationship from this. <laughs> not yet. No, not, not her ass. Uh, oh general. God! Nobody wants to see my ass. <laughs> it's unnecessarily hairy for a lady's bottom. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Skipping on. Uh, <laughs> season four, episode one: Edge of Tomorty, Rick Die, Rick Pete. <laughs> Possibly one of the stupidest titles they've come up with so far. Yeah. I have a feeling as well. So uh, this is going to get spoiled to shit, by the way, guys. Just fair, fair warning. I've got a feeling that this one started as a pun-based title, and they built mm. an episode around it. <laughs> I, I have to say, because like, I mean, we're, we're on season four now, and one, I generally don't like adult like comedy cartoons. They, they, because they generally kind of scatological and stuff, and you just go, Ugh. so back when it first started. Uh, I kind of watched it. I don't know why I watched it, if somebody recommended or what. But I, I kind of watched probably it. Probably. <laughs> possibly, yeah. Reluctantly. And was just kind of, and I was like, oh, shit, no, this is like Alan Moore writing fucking something weird. Yo. Yo this is, this, although it's kind of like you've got kind of shocking adult humor in there. There's like a hardcore sci-fi story always tucked away in the middle there that you could literally take out and stick in a really highbrow, intelligent, you know, sci-fi series or something like Twilight Zone or, or whatever you want. And I was just, I was just getting to season four and I'm thinking, this is the one where they run out. They must have milked the fucking idea cow dry by now. <laughs> there can't be, they've, they've just blown my mind with so many fucking ideas. They, ca- they can't have anything else. And then, and then this one come out and I was, I watched this, I'm going, this is the one where it's going to stumble and they're going to do a really, dud episode i think there's there's only ever been one episode i didn't like and i think that might have been the last episode of the last season Mm. and that was because the season was cut short if i remember right it well it was it wasn't necessarily cut short it was that they they fudged it they uh (laughs) they they knew how how many episodes they were supposed to be doing but they couldn't deliver them in the time that they said they were gonna yeah so they just sort of didn't (laughs) yeah they just they just sort of wangled a regular episode and, and, mm. and diddled it until it it wrapped up yeah. the arcs or something like that. Is that right? Yeah. So, like for me, there's there were there's two episodes and I wouldn't say I dislike them, but I do think they're the weaker ones. And it is the last two of the last season, which was the one where Beth goes into that weird 
wonderland that Rick made for her when she was a kid. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And finds that kid that she left in there. Yeah. Um, which had some really, really hilarious lines, but overall was just a bit sort of like, eh. And then mm. the the final episode, which was the one with the president, yeah, uh, which was fine, I guess. Yeah. Ha- again, had a couple of good lines, but I actually don't really remember what the point of it was. No. Uh, I think it's my least rewatched episode. But I was like you, I was thinking, right, season four, because they've commissioned it for like fucking 70 odd episodes or something. But they're actually only releasing five at the moment. Yeah. So I don't know whether that's whether they're doing like half seasons or whether the seasons are now just becoming five episodes or what. And I was, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking, how are they going to start this off? Because they didn't really end the previous series, and there's the whole thing with Evil Morty sort of hanging over from the series. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, and I thought, like, gosh, like, like, how are they going to start this off? Like, what's what what are they going to even do? And then. And then I watched this episode and I was like, why do I ever worry? <laughs> yeah. Why do yeah. I ever think I'm the one that knows best for Rick and Morty? Like, what? Oh, my God, it was so good. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Like, one of the big things I really liked about it is is the massive sort of F you to some of the fans. Mm. So there's been, like, a sort of vocal minority of fans who are saying, you know, it's getting too political and we should stop letting women write it because they're ruining it. Oh. Yeah, there was a whole brouhaha about the Pickle Rick episode because it was written by a woman and, God, she doesn't know anything about writing, apparently. Um, oh, really? Yeah, the Pickle Rick episode, the one that literally was the single most fucking memed and quoted. Oh, my God. Everybody, everybody loves it except this like group of people who think that it's ruined everything <laughs> like I, I do not i do not understand it like yeah. she was receiving like death threats and all sorts Jeez. because she'd ruined rick and morty for everybody and apparently they hated how political it was getting and, and what have you so i loved the fact that a large component of this episode was rick regenerating into clone bodies in different dimensions where uh, fascism is a huge yeah. deal, and he just kills himself. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not having that. Yeah, uh, I get. I got the feeling that was a reference, and there was there was a line he said. I can't remember what it was, but there was a uh, line that felt. Now you've said that, I thought that seems like he was literally just saying fuck off. Yeah, the, to, well, the, the best from, one to me was when he regenerates as a teddy bear, takes one look around, and just goes nope, and then smashes his face into a piece of broken glass. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah but it was pretty fucking yeah it was just incredible it's just a whirlwind of fucking ideas all the time Mm. i mean in in now i think although i do agree that i think we're in like a a, like a golden age of tv there is just like a golden age of like quality tv Mm. there is i think the cancer of it or or the kind of like the, the like the fucking grain of dirt that comes along with it is like we're also in an area of really shitty pacing in TV. Mm. Like you'll get, I think, I think there was a, there was a joke. Um, I can't remember if it, I, I might have said it or if it was somebody else who said it. There was something about like the, 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 if they did like an alien TV series, it'd be episode one, they find the eggs and, you know, Kane gets face huggered. And then it would be 10 episodes of him being in a coma. And then for the season finale, the chest burster would happen. Yeah. And you'd get like a flashback episode for every single member of the crew finding out how they lived their entire life before they got on the Nostromo yeah. and all that kind of stuff before you got to the bit that everybody's waiting for, which was a fucking alien to turn on. And I think that's it. it there just seems to be so much 
like bad pacing and like, episodes just strung out by by com- I mean I think I mean when I'm talking about this the, the like the the Netflix Marvel series were particularly bad for this where it's just a string of people talking in a room followed by another bunch of people talking in a room followed by another bunch of people talking in a room not saying anything particularly interesting but literally just padding out 50 minutes until they can get to a cliffhanger Oh, that's the Walking Dead. That is. <laughs> and, well, and that's there. That's the other one where you're just going seriously. Uh... You, you have a flashback that takes you, and you go, "Oh, you fuck us! We're actually moving forward." And now you've took us back. It's like it's like Snakes and Ladders TV. So, but then you get something like Rick and Morty that just belts along. Oh my gosh! Throwing ideas out like they've got too many that they can't, you know, even deal with. They go, "Oh fuck that! We'll just deal with that one." And it, you know that one we had this idea, but we haven't we you know we haven't got an episode for it. So fuck it, just have that and chew on that for a minute. But it is it's just phenomenal the pace of it and mm. um, the imagine the you know the imagination of it and the the, the creativity of it. Whether the, I, I just don't I, I sometimes wonder am, am I missing stuff? Are they nicking ideas from other places that I'm not getting? Like I get the certain references, mm. obviously. Like the whole thing's sort of based on, you know, Back to the Future and yada, yada, yada and all that kind of stuff. But it, they, they seem to be doing these proper hardcore sci-fi ideas, like like this week's with the, with the kind of like the, the death crystals and stuff like that. And yeah. and they're just so well thought out. You just, fuck, that's, that's a movie in itself. They could, I mean, there's, there's that film that's out at the minute about the, about the phone app that tells you when you're going to die and counts down. And like I was thinking, but that's, that, yeah, from the trailer, that seems okay. That seems like a half decent idea. But then you got like this, the one, like the, the death crystals, where he can actually uses that to control his movement. So mm-hmm. he'll literally walk in a certain direction depending on the outcome he sees in front of him. And he's like, fucking hell. Yeah. It's what got me about this episode was like, and it gets me about a lot of episodes actually, is how much you can miss just watching it once like the number of those deaths so like every time every time he's you see his view through the crystal um you get i think it's about 12 potential death sort of scenarios popping Mm. up in the in the sort of crystallized it's such amazing animation like the way they layered that was absolutely beautiful and i think i only caught about four of them in the whole episode and they still made me like properly guffaw like mm. there, there was one, there's there was one where he gets his head stuck in a lift door and then it goes and decapitates. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think the thing that I really liked about that actually was that there were just as many potentially stupid deaths as there were ones that would definitely have been caused by Rick taking him on adventures. Yeah. Like there was one where he gets sucked through an aeroplane toilet. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Which, you know, if I wasn't already scared of flying, um, <laughs> you know, geez. But it's, oh, yeah, it's just, I think what I like as well is how tongue-in-cheek it is about certain elements. Like, there's been a sort of soft reset of the family in this season. Well, it was the end of last season, really, where Jerry's back, they're not divorced anymore. We don't know if Beth is a clone or not still, but we're going to we're gonna assume she's not, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Assuming that will come back at some stage to bite someone in the bum but there's like you know we're sort of back to normal in inverted quotes you know as it were but there is still like a new dynamic with the family because it's very clear from this first episode even though he's not in it much that jerry's got slightly more bollocks than he used to have and that morty's got a bit more say in what he does and doesn't do 
But I think it's actually quite telling about Morty, the fact that he will still go on adventures despite despite the fact that, you know, they're grim and terrible. Because, yeah, <laughs> like, how nonchalant was happen. he? Yeah, how nonchalant was he when he crashes the spaceship and accidentally kills Rick? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, bollocks. Like, yeah. oh, shit, what did I do? You, you think, yeah, you do wonder what kind, you know, how many other shows would actually kill their main characters off so blasely and kind of <laughs> horrifically... <laughs> Mm. Yet at the same time, and then the audience will still not be sure whether they will bring them back, or whether they're really dead. Because I, as has Morty been replaced twice now, or oh, once? Or mate, I I try not to even think about yeah because <laughs> so, I was trying to have a conversation with somebody before about the C one thirty seven ness of it because yeah. they always refer to themselves as like C one thirty seven Rick and Morty, but was is that morty rick's original uh rick's original morty because he just appears in their life like after being disappeared for 10 years Mm. so do we do we think that maybe he had he actually like you know killed his morty in a different dimension and moved to this one and then rick and morty moved to another one after they cronenberg everywhere yeah and then, so where are we? Where is even C one thirty seven? Are these even the same Rick and Morty we've been following? Like, in <laughs> that, because this could be a completely different mm. Rick and Morty. Who? Oh fuck! But yeah, it is yeah. just fucking just mental and just clever. But it, but it is it because like it's also one of those shows where you think, and maybe it'll happen this season. I don't know where. It, like like the Simpsons and like South Park, they were really cool for a couple of seasons, and then suddenly you go, I'm kind of done with that now. They're kind of basically kind of repeating themselves and doing that kind of stuff. But this still seems as fresh, literally still seems as fresh as season one. Mm. So you do, you kind of when's you know, I mean, it, I mean, it was just absurdly, stupidly fucking like popular like the last season with the whole okay with the pickle rick thing and the the szechuan sauce is it the szechuan sauce yeah that kind of thing and you just think okay it's that's where you think okay it's it's kind of jumped the cultural shock there where they they can't come back from that it's too popular it can't exist beyond that now because there's got to be a backlash against it at some point where the whole army of people who've kind of joined on because it's cool are just going to go, I'm kind of done with this now. It's not cool anymore. And they all just fuck off. And then it, it loses its hipness or whatever, you know? Mm. But it, but it's not, it certainly doesn't seem, on the strength of this first episode, it doesn't seem to be reflected in that at all. I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, I mean, it's, it's a whole jump the shark thing, I guess, is what I'm talking about. But it's, but it's, but it can't, but shit can change. Shows can change underneath you while you're watching them. Like, for example, I, th- I think we had a rant about it last year or earlier this year like i zombie which i mm. thought which was a brilliant show i loved and then it just all fell apart in the last season yeah or or, or like dexter for example that was a great <laughs> show and then just fell apart in the like the last season and a half something mm. like that and you and you 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 watch the last season thinking i can't believe this is the same show i've been watching and loving and it was, was it always this bad am i now just realizing i'm not into it or has it actually just degraded? And like in, in you know, in, in, in those two cases, in Dexter and Zombie, I think it is. It just falls apart. I think for yeah. whatever reason, budget or whatever. They or they or they. I think the problem with Zombie is, well, yeah, I think they cut the budget, but I also think they just painted themselves into a corner mm. creatively. That they 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 just stuck themselves in a in a big situation that they can't 
get themselves out of. But anyway, so yeah, so I'm kind of my kind of worry is that what or, or not worry is my concern is that is this going to be where it happens? <laughs> Uh, yeah. But on but on the face of this one, fucking no. Yeah, I, I it's one of those shows for me. There's a, there's a couple of shows where I'll watch them and I'll just think, how has any person come up with this? Mm. Um, like BoJack Horseman is another one. There are some mm. episodes of that where I've just watched it and I've thought, who the fuck? This is actually amazing. Who even? <laughs> like, yeah. and how do you consistently come up with things like this even? And mm. I think. The thing that I really liked about um, Rick Die, Rick Pete, which is I still hate that as a title, I mm. <laughs> I really do, was the fact that I think that had more of a message than the Joker movie did. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's very it's like to me anyway. It was very clearly saying two things: fascism is terrible, and we should yeah. all hate it. And the living only living a life that's focused only on dying of like old age, super happy and old. Mm. Is it actually really living at all? You know, d- should we be thinking less about, do you know what I mean? Like you only live yeah. once kind of thing. Yeah, um, like the pursuit of happiness can fuck you over as much as wallowing. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, because it was very clear at one point. Like, I mean, <laughs> the the thing I loved about Morty trying to trying to get to this like death where he's with Jessica and he's dying of old age and she's in love with him is there was a there's a period where he just goes and becomes a disgusting like sci-fi tree in a desert mm. absolutely foul looking and he clearly plans to stay there until he's about 40 yeah. <laughs> like just stay there and not do anything so that he can get this outcome of you know dying in love with yeah. Jessica and it's like well how much of that is that you know you're not you're not doing anything or actually living there yeah 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 um, you know, and I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, you should live so friv- frivolously that you die falling off a high shelf at a library trying to reach a book, mm. um, which is one of the deaths that he sees. <laughs> <laughs> I love these potential deaths. They're amazing. I'm going to have to go back and... and- oh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to do a rewatch because, like, there's so many of them to look at and they're so fleeting and they change so much based on just yeah. where is he, what direction he's even looking in. I mean, one of the things I absolutely loved was the uh, the bit where he's trying to fathom out the best thing to say to the judge yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so that he doesn't get found guilty of all the murders he's just actually done. And he's just stuttering around. Like, just making bell sounds. Like, oh, I was absolutely crying. It's so good and then he somehow manages to just win the judge over she's like no he's innocent i've heard enough <laughs> yeah like, it is, is it's, ju- it's just it's just a really again i just keep coming back to it they've they've really just thought the fuck out of that idea they've really just gone to to examine every kind of um extension it's, it's got to be an amazing kind of writer's room yeah yeah to follow these because these like i I keep saying i'm sorry these are hardcore sci-fi ideas that belong because it's a fucking cartoon (laughs) you know (laughs) it's a fucking cartoon that kind of just takes the piss out of back to the future at the end of the fuck's sake whereas you know it's not like i just imagine there's like really highbrow sci-fi writers going what the fuck are they doing over there Here I am working on my magnum opus, <laughs> and they're fucking pissing off these ideas left, right, and centre, and fucking examining them. Like again, not to fucking beat the Joker again, 
<laughs> but this is like a fucking half an hour cartoon, and they fucking examine. I'm swearing so much. I'm sorry. It's the Joker's fault. It's the passionateness. They, they examine every angle of that idea, even down to the stuff like where he's walking around with it in his pocket, and then Rick, like I say, when Rick uses it, he tapes it to his head, and then. It looks like uh, Morty has it, like, surgically implanted or something. Yeah, like embedded in his forehead. And that sort of thing, where they just, they don't really go to, they just go, well, this is what fucking happens next. You know, you're left to kind of, like, um, to draw, you know, connect those dots. Whereas with the Joker, there doesn't seem to be that level of interest in what they're doing. Mm. If that doesn't sound like a really patronising way to slag off a bunch of writers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fucking they didn't care. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they, they, you know, and I have to put my hand up and go, we're in a minority if we didn't like it because everybody seems to fucking love it. But yeah, but with, again, I don't want to get back on Joker, but, um, but yeah, they just seem to just work the shit out of every single idea they have. And like when we were talking about like the weak episodes, even the weakest episode they've done still has more creativity and, and, and energy and spark to them. The most whole seasons of other shows. Oh God, yeah. Like yeah. when I when I say a week episode of Rick and Morty, I'm saying like it's like a three point seven or a four out of five. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm only going to watch it ten times. Yeah. Instead of fifty times. Yeah. I mean, I actually felt a little bit bad because um, I was actually reviewing each episode of Rick and Morty for the last series for the Geek Syndicate website, and for for some reason I never got round to doing the last two, and I think it's because I didn't know how to say. This isn't very good, but it's still really good. Yeah. <laughs> like in so many words. But like picking up on something you said earlier as well about the the sci-fi concepts being, you know, it's just a cartoon kind of thing. I, th- I think actually that the cartooniness of it really works for them because not only has the animation just gotten like next level fucking brilliant over the course of this show existing, but trying to imagine how special effects would handle the yeah. concepts that they're doing. I don't think, I think that would be a show where I'd be like, well, this is a good idea, but it looks shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, unless well, it had the world's biggest budget. Yeah. Um, I mean, imagine if it was live action, right? And they were trying to do that kind of, that, that kind of death vision thing he was doing where you've yeah. got like a dozen different deaths. They'd have to film each one of those scenes separately, you know? And how many of those would there be in that episode? A hundred, uh, I mean, maybe? More than a hundred, would you say? Maybe, yeah. So yeah. and you just think they'd have to go and shoot those. That would be like shooting a movie, even if they're just a few seconds long, like say 10 seconds. You're talking almost like a feature movie length just for these little inserts yeah. that are on screen for like 10 seconds. Well, not even 10 seconds, is it? They're on there for you know just a couple of seconds. Mm. Just That just wouldn't be feasible, surely. No. You know, just fucking Jesus. Yeah. Before we move on as well, the absolute icing on this episode cake was the post credit scene. Yeah. I did not see that coming at all. I did. And I, 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 I did. I... Oh my God. I absolutely pissed myself. <laughs> I don't like, I just looked at Rich and he looked at me and I was just like crying, laughing. Like, you know, when you laugh so hard, you yeah. don't make noise. You just sort of shaking your shoulders with a big stupid grin on your face. Yeah. Like that, that was me. Cause I had, I don't know why, but I just trusted that this idea that they get together and he dies as her husband or what have you. Yeah was like yeah of course of course that's how it's gonna go like it's it's morty and jessica of course it is and then the fact that he just overhears her having this conversation about how she wants to go into nursing at a hospice (laughs) like (laughs) it's just so ridiculous 
yeah. and stupid but hilarious. I mean, I'll just say, I did, I did kind of peg that, but I pegged it kind of semi earlier on in the episode, and then it just disappears because you don't have time to kind of dwell on it and 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 think about it. You just go, oh, I, I bet she's, you know, she's just an, a nurse or in a hospice or whatever, and then that you don't have time to kind of consolidate that in your head and go I'll, I'll wait for that bit and see if I'm, I'm right I just forgotten about it until the po- I'd even forgotten there was a post credit sequence <laughs> it just I don't know why it just played through and then it just popped up I went oh yeah 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 there's, there's always like a yeah and then it come out I went oh yeah I did but I, I feel like I can't claim it because I thought of it and then forgot about it and just got carried away <laughs> with the episode you know so you don't feel like I, I earned the points for that one for being a clever dick but um but yeah, it's just yeah. So we'll obviously next episode's going to be shit, and it's all going to go downhill. <laughs> but clearly, it's yeah. it's got to go downhill at some. And I kind of resent to a degree fanboying over it because because you feel like I should be, you know, surely it should be hip enough to go. Oh, it's done now. It's played out. You know, I'm looking for the po- forward to the time I can go. Yeah, I'm kind of done with that. I've moved on to final space now. All the cool kids are watching <laughs> something else. Mm. You know. Um, it's, it's I mean, like Final people, Space is great, though. It is, <laughs> but it, it's like it's like people who are still quoting The Simpsons, <laughs> and it's like Jesus, Granddad, fucking, uh, are they still making that fucking thing? Do you well, know what? I, I still do that, but to be fair, it is all earlier Simpsons quotes. It's just yeah. that there's there's such a good Simpsons quote for nearly every situation, yeah, yeah. especially when I'm shaving my shoulders or <laughs> 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 I don't really shave my shoulders. <laughs> yes, you do. Don't don't try don't try and cover that. You know, like yonks ago in this conversation, you mentioned um like your interest in South Park dwindling, and I've got to say, I've still been on the South Park train. Well, I still am, but I think <laughs> I think the problem for me anyway with the past two seasons, because I would say it's only really gotten a bit meh over the past two seasons, and I think the problem is is that real life is too ridiculous. Yeah. Because like yeah. South Park, maybe not at first, but t- like. After after a few seasons, it became like the show that does a statement about everything. Mm. And it's always, you know, I don't know if you've seen that documentary about how they make the show, but sometimes they'll like change it 10 seconds before it's supposed to fucking air okay. because some other bit of news has come out yeah. that suddenly makes a joke irrelevant or it's something else that they want to focus on. Like it's very sort of up to the wire kind of mm. Um, cartoon making and i think the, the problem that we've got now is that it's just like how can you laugh about how can you make satire out of some of the headlines that we've been yeah, getting well there's a nonsense trash fire over the last five years <laughs> you, you, you just imagine some kind of witty playwright banging away on a typewriter and then he turns on the news and goes well fucking hell that's literally <laughs> just, yeah, more just, dumb than i've just written Bins it and then throws himself off the roof. Yes. It's like we, it, it, we are living in a post-satirical age, and it is just you know you just think how can you make up shit that's more insane than Brexit or or whatever because none of it makes a lick of fucking sense. No. Um, and you and you you just you just I think it was um, yeah I think it was Chris Morris who was asked about it and he just said well you just you just deal with what's in front of you you know there's always something to to take the piss out of. But you do just think, yeah, it's just... I mean, we've got fucking Boris Johnson as Prime Minister and fucking Trump as the as the President of the United States. They're fucking comedy haircuts. This is the darkest timeline this year. 
Well, you, you can't, I mean, I remember there was a joke somebody said about, oh, it's when they turned on the fucking, what you would call it, the... the oh, the Hadron Collider. Hadron Collider. <gasps> Hadron Collider. And we were all expecting the world to blow up, and it didn't. What it did was it just shifted us over into some fucking twisted dark <laughs> dimension. And now fucking Prince is dead, and Bowie's dead, and Victoria Wood's dead. And, <laughs> and, like, and fucking, now we've got, like, Fucking the clown prince of prime ministers, and you know, and like, where, where the fucking hell happened? You know, and it is turn the fucking Hadron Collider off, please. <laughs> Can we? Can, Can we just we try do? it and see what yeah, happens? Just give it a go. Let's just give it. That's all I'm saying. Let's just give it a go. <laughs> you know? Oh dear. But Rick and Morty was good, though. So yeah, but yeah, Rick and Morty was good. But but that, I think I think that's I think that's that's the kind of like the counterbalance because nature loves balance. The world's a trash fire. Well, telly's really good at the minute, <laughs> and movies are really good at the minute, except the Joker. <laughs> so yeah, well, you know that's 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 the insanity of the real world leaking through <laughs> in, into art. I think. <laughs> it, oh, yeah. Speaking of really good telly, what a great segue! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about the show that we both definitely haven't watched? Um, oh, oh yeah, the one that let's just ha- let's play a game mm-hmm. of if we'd seen this show which we couldn't possibly have seen Mm -hmm. what would we have thought about it yeah so if i'd have seen the mandalorian which is the show that we're talking about which i absolutely definitely haven't um i think i would say it might be the closest thing to a western that i would ever enjoy (laughs) really yeah because i don't like west well i've tried i've watched a handful of westerns and i've I would I wouldn't even say I liked the one that I liked like it was okay and I think I liked it a bit more than maybe I normally would have done because I was like oh I don't normally like westerns yeah yeah. so this is quite good I'm struggling to think of the name and I'm trying to stall but it's escaped me so oh well you'll just all have to wonder forever which western movie (laughs) I didn't mind it was Was true grit it was true grit yeah and I liked it um but yeah so like I I definitely didn't watch this, definitely. But as I was not watching it, I was thinking, isn't this guy like a cowboy type sort of, you know, but like the kind of cowboy that's, he's a gun for hire, but he's also like actually a fairly good dude. Um, And I wasn't expecting to like this very much because I haven't seen it yet. So I don't know if I like it or not, but (laughs) let's let's say, let's pretend you've seen it. (laughs) Hmm. So in this, in this hypothetical world where I've seen it, I yeah. wasn't expecting to like it much because I am not what you would call a Star Wars fan. Yeah. I've seen all the movies and I liked the ones that most people like. I also liked The Last Jedi, which most people hate. But, <laughs> but I don't well. think most people did hate it. I just think there's a vocal, vocal minority, minority here, who, which is I think that's kind of like the theme of you know this decade <laughs> really is mm. the vocal minority yeah. of basically. Racist, sexist, misogynist, homophobe, well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Those guys who just just ruin everything because they didn't like something. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Anyway, sorry. Carry on. Yeah. So I I have only seen the movies. I've I've not liked them all because most people don't like the prequels. And I thought Solo was passable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never read any of the books. Yeah. Don't read any of the comics, mm-hmm. and I have a shocking memory mm-hmm. for names and faces and alien species. And there are a lot 
of names and yeah. faces and alien species in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to go, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And then I'm going to move on with my life and be like, well, that was an adventure. Yeah. That <laughs> um, was an episode I didn't watch. Yeah. And then um, move on to something else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when I was not watching it last night, I was actually really struck by how easy it was to get into it without mm. knowing everything there is to know about Star Wars. Like, I'm sure there must have been some Easter eggs in there that some people were lapping up. Oh, like, there were a ton. There, there was a fucking <laughs> ton of Easter eggs. Trust mm. you and me. <laughs> I was I was going, I was fapping my arse off at, <laughs> not literally. But it's no, no November. You're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold and I got the heating on. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was just packed out with little Easter eggs and stuff. But yeah, so he, so here's my kind of credentials. I am a Star Wars fan. I am a fan of westerns. Not a rabid fan of westerns, but I've got a fair few of my all-time favourite movies are westerns. Mm. I I know a decent western. You know, I I can sit down and I can enjoy a decent western, and I do. I like it when we have some new westerns come out, and it's like, yay! I can. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a western. So I'm I'm part of the Star Wars generation. So I, I saw the first Star Wars, which is called Star Wars. It's not called A New Hope. I saw that on my eighth birthday in 1978. So and that was me fucking done. I am the Star Wars generation, right? And I was the rabid uh, a rabid fan as you are at that age for for Star Wars. Although I think that the definition of rabid fan has kind of changed over the last. Yeah. few years i refer you to our, our, our recent just conversation and <laughs> um, i kind of fell out of love with it with the prequels and the special editions and george lucas kind of spaffing it all up the wall kind of thing and i just thought okay i'm kind of not interested anymore and then and i did read some of the books i used to, I, I read quite a few of the books and quite a few of the comics i wasn't a rabid fan again i keep saying rabid fan I wasn't a huge fan of the comics. I'd, I'd pick and choose. My thing is, I don't like Jedi particularly. I find the Jedi kind of boring. Yeah. So the stuff I really enjoyed about the Star Wars universe was the bounty hunters, the basically the fighter pilot type stories, the cowboy element, the aliens and, and, and shit like that. I really wasn't into the Jedi stuff. I've never owned a, No, I, like, I did own a lightsaber when I was about <laughs> nine. But that was one of the shit ones that was basically just a plastic tube. It wasn't one of the fancy ones you can get now that will actually like extend out and go and all that. <laughs> I've never owned one of those. I owned a, a, a cheapo kid's toy one uh, when I was a cheapo kid. So it's OK. But I, I've never been, you know, so kind of like the, the Jedi stuff kind of bores me. I've kind of had enough of that. So this, the Mandalorian, if I'd seen it, would basically be my really in my wheelhouse. Basically, my mm. two loves for Star Wars would be the military stuff, which basically Rogue One was the love letter to me, which is because that was basically the gun. Oh, I love that stuff. movie. And Rogue One is, you know, I am nuts for war movies. So that was basically a, literally a dream come true for me because I used to have fantasies when I was a kid about the guns of Navarone or the Battle of Britain or the Longest Day being remade as in the Star Wars universe. That kind of stuff. So that was a real kind of, it may as well have said, for Lee at the at the start of the film. You know, it was so written for me. And this is kind of like my other element. It's the cowboy bounty hunter sci-fi guy in the desert type story. That You know, the man with no name, the Clint Eastwood stuff, which he's very much, you know, a part of. Mm. It's also so, I mean, 
do, you don't read 2000 AD, do you? No. But do you know who Strontium Dog is? Yes, I have actually read a Strontium Dog trade because okay. somebody was like, you'll love this. And I was like, eh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Fucking hell. How are we friends? <laughs> which, is, which is basically, I know, what happened. I, I, we need to go back and revisit our origin story because something fucked up somewhere. So there's so, uh, so basically Strontium Dog, for people who don't know or people with more class than what you've got, it's it's basically a sci-fi western about uh, mutants in the in the near in well it's actually it's quite the distant future and basically mutants are like an underclass and the only work that mutants can get is doing the dirty jobs basically being bounty hunters so they travel the galaxy you know collecting bounty on fugitives and all this kind of stuff but it's very much a gritty western with sci-fi trappings which is exactly what the mandalorian is if i'd seen it mm-hmm is that it is it is so much a strontium at least the, at least this first episode might be when i actually see it i can confirm it that it is so close to like a strontium dog pilot i mean that, that there was actually a really really good fan made strontium dog short made a couple of years ago now that's really good uh, i mean if you just google like strontium dog um fan film it should pop mm. but it's really really good and it's and it, it's it's interesting because the guy who made it I mean, he's not getting all day ripped me off, but he's going, look at the parallel kind of thinking here, down to the posters and, and all that, and the, like the publicity shots and all this kind of stuff. They're, they're, we're clearly borrowing from the same well. We did, you know, um, in, in terms of imagery and, and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and iconography. But yeah, it is, I, I just, I just loved it, you know, and it is just chock full of little Easter eggs and throw ideas. Like a lot of the aliens who we've seen from the news pop up. Like there's a little, I don't know if you, you you might not have got it, but there's a little scene where he walks into a town and there's a, there's a little monkey like animal on a spit being cooked. Yeah. And well, that's a character who was in Return of the Jedi. It's a, it's a, like or an an alien race called, uh, um, the character is called Salacious Crumb, who was like Jabba the Hutt's little pet. Mm. So you got him with another one in the cage, sort of, you know, Clearly about I adored that thing because it was so very obviously like a a puppety. A puppet. yeah. Oh my god! Because I, I I was lamenting the other day to Rich about the lack of uh like what's the word I'm looking for practical um, effects. Practical effects, yes, in stuff like that. Because I think yeah, I I I love stuff like that. I mean, to be fair. Some of them terrify me. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie about the fact that I am easily frightened by claymation or yeah. certain puppets. I watched Dark Crystal for the first yeah. time a few months ago, and um, yeah, I hate it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I loved it, but also, yeah. like, I hate it because nightmares. Yeah. Even the good characters in that are terrifying when they move. It, it is. It's a very creepy film. I <laughs> I saw that at the cinema when what eighty two was it when it was released, and I loved it. I thought that was fantastic, and my mates come back going to all the skexies, skexies, and all this kind. Yeah. And then I rewatched it like last year. I bought. I just went through because I've got nieces and nephews now, so I thought, well, what can I, you know. What films can I show them that they might like? Because obviously I can't show them Tarantino and shit like that. <laughs> Aliens and The Thing. I thought, well, what can I show them that they might like? So I ended up buying a load of like fancy stuff like Labyrinth and, mm. and Dark Crystal and stuff like that. And I rewatched it. And I swear to God, the Dark Crystal creeped me out more as an adult than it did as a kid. <laughs> as a kid, it just washed over me. When I was 12, it was just like, oh, this is great. There's puppets and monsters and stuff. It's great. As an adult, you're going, this is just fucking 
nightmare fodder. <laughs> um, and I'm not a big property person. My least favourite character out of Star Wars is Yoda. I don't like puppets particularly. And I kind of struggled watching the Dark Crystal TV series recently. Yeah. And I think I've just got a bit of a block on puppets because I just I just see them as puppets. I, I think I for don't me, really to life. Uh, yeah, I think for me it depends on how they're used yeah. because I think in scenes like the one that's probably in the Mandalorian, I don't know, I haven't seen it, where it's like, yeah, like a little dude shivering in a cage or like another little dude stirring a pot or that mm. kind of thing. I think it's fine. Yeah. I, I have a struggle with it when they interact with each other. Like one of the problems I had with the Dark Crystal, the film, because I haven't watched the TV series mm. yet, was that I, if you notice, there's never really a fight scene because yeah. the puppets yeah. can't interact in that way with each yeah. other. So there's an awful lot of chase scenes or like oh no this boulder's rolling over here kind of scenes there's no there's no real like one-on-one you don't get a sword fight or you you know anything like that because the puppets can't so so the the actual like action levels are kind of reduced in it and i think there's a lot of just bobbing around yeah they tend to just bob around a lot and nod an awful lot and that kind of stuff and like there's a limit to the expressions so I mean, I mean, the, the Dark Crystal TV series is really, really good, right? It just didn't click with me. And there is actually some really clever fight sequences and action sequences and stuff in there. Clearly, there's some kind of, I guess, I haven't watched the making of, I guess there's some kind of CGI assistance mm. in there. They're definitely puppets, but maybe there's a bit of CGIing out the puppeteers, I guess. And so they can do a bit more. It's not a case like in the movie where they literally have to stay off screen i think in the new one they can probably be on screen and be digitally removed so there's a bit more life they can have there mm. but to me it, it the, there's still only limits they can do as good as the puppeteering is there's still only limits that they can do to expressions and emotions and emoting mm. and and that kind of thing that i di- i didn't quite click with it although when i tell my friends that they go how can you not like it it is so your kind of thing I go, yeah, I just have a bit of a thing about puppets, I guess. It just doesn't <laughs> yeah. quite like I I like I, I I mean as a kid I like Thunderbirds and Stingray and Joe Ninety and all that kind of stuff. And I can watch a lot of kids telly and not be bothered by it if it's live action and animation. But I I've I tried to watch some old uh, Jerry Anderson stuff, puppet stuff, and there's just I just can't get past the voice in my head going you're a grown man and you're watching puppets (laughs) Uh, and i don't know why i don't know i honestly don't know why that is because i can i can watch kids animation proper kids animation on its own level and not be bothered by it at all i can you know but i do i just have a problem with puppets for some reason i don't know why i just can't break that kind of it's for kids level and unlike i know because people go on about uh, team american oh well, yeah we you know what about team america well i've not seen team america because it's fucking puppets oh so, actually i don't want to be that guy who's like oh you should watch it because like watch whatever the fuck you like it's your life yeah. but team america is great because there are actually some jokes in it about the fact that the puppets can't move in a way that normal human people yeah. can and um, like there's a brilliant sequence right at the start where two uh puppets square up against each other as though they're going to do karate and then what they actually do is just this sort of like 
I'm doing it now, but you can't see this sort of like marionette flailing yeah. with their arms. It's just like do, 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 flap, flap, flap kind of thing. It's really funny. Like I was crying and they were doing it on the streets of France that were paved with croissants. But anyway, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the Mandalorian, here's a thing, a little stace fact about Star Wars related stuff. If there's a droid in it, that's going to be my favourite character. Oh, probably. Right, yeah. yeah. And um, would it be called IG-11? It might be, yeah. Yeah. Voiced by Taika Waititi, and just just the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Just just the he best. Was, right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> are, are we are we talking spoilers or are we are we spoiling? Oh that? yeah, uh, no, spoil away. I'll put a thingy in the show notes okay. to say that we're spoiling the shit out of stuff. Uh, well, I don't know because obviously at the end of the episode he gets presumably killed. Mm. I hope he's not dead. I hope, I mean, as a robot. You can't shoot a robot through the head, presumably. You can just, you know, he can be repaired. Because I really want him to come back because he was terrific. Yeah. Because one of my think- things is, as a teenage Star Wars fan, is obviously what happens is when you're a kid, you see these films, you see all the promotional photos and stuff of all these great funky aliens, like in the cantina mm. or in Star Wars or in, the, you know, the Ben Hunters in Empire Strikes Back. And then you watch the film, you buy the action figures and all this kind of stuff. And you have a great imagination about what they're going to do in the film. And then you see the film and they do fuck all. They're just they're basically just background. They're just colour for the, mm-hmm. for the, to fill out the universe kind of thing. So obviously I remember seeing IG-88 and Bosk and, um, the other kind of bounty hunter characters and they don't do anything. And you have to read the comics to see them get, do a bit of action or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a real fucking jizz fest to see, you know, <laughs> the Wardreed doing that kind of, 360 spin around oh god so good that kind of makes sense that he's not just going to be looking forward he's got sensors and rotating eyes and eyes and literally eyes in the back of his head module Mm. so he can you know he literally spins around and does he's not you know fixed to like human anatomy i thought it was so good i thought please don't please bring him back (laughs) he's he's so good and he makes so much sense and it and he's so fun like the whole kind of self-destruct thing (laughs) that was both funny and a really good dramatic and a dramatic thing as well you know a direct license as well in that you know they're in a minute of good fight and this this robot keeps trying to blow himself up with a proper fucking bomb and it's like like unless we haven't got enough to worry about i've I've literally got a walking (laughs) bomb next to me who's desperate to blow himself up (laughs) um, but yeah it's really cool and i and i really dug if i'd seen it the fact that, that I assume he'll take his helmet off at some point in this season, but I really like the the fact that he kept the helmet on. Yes. Just because I like characters who keep the helmet on, you know, I'm a big yeah. Judge Dredd fan. So I'm like, yeah, I like, that's kind of like a, one of the core things that you get in kind of comics and, and, and books and stuff like that, that movies won't do mm. is they have to, you have to see the actor's fucking face. Cause they've paid this actor. They want his face on screen. So that's why Spider-Man always takes his mask off every time. Oh, fucking hell. How many fucking... I'm sorry, right, I love Spider-Man Far From Home. It was one of my favourite movies of this year. But taking your mask off on Tower Bridge, fucking... There's going to be news cameras all up in that bitch. What are you doing, you silly, silly bastard? I, I literally... I didn't. But I literally, in my head, shouted, serves you fucking right at the end of that film. Where yeah. he, because you go, yeah, well, that's why you got a full face mask, you idiot. <laughs> you absolute bell. You've yeah. got a full face mask. 
Nobody can even tell what race you are or what gender you are or anything. And you keep taking your fucking mask off every five minutes. Silly. silly It's the 21st century and there's cameras on every street corner. What were you thinking, you stupid little boy? (laughs) So. um, Good film though. um... Yeah, yeah. It was all right. It was okay. I've got my, I've got my problems, but that's a whole other, that's a whole other episode. But, um, but yeah, so I really dug that the guy keeps his mask. I'm assuming he's going to take the helmet off at some point because you don't hire a good actor, you know, your Game of Thrones guy, and just have him keep the helmet. I'd love it if he would. I th- I would go, I, w- I would respect the show just so much mm. if he never took the, the helmet off. That would be brilliant. To be um, but uh, I can't, I can't say. I was actually having a conversation just today on, on Twitter with a mate of mine on, on Twitter, and he'd not say, again, sorry, I'm bringing it back to the Joker again, sorry. Um, I, I was doing my bitch thing about the Joker, and I was trying not to moan too much about, about it on on Twitter, because I know I'm in a minority and I don't want to get fucking Twitter mugged. But he was going, yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't go and see it. It sounds dreadful. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to go and see it. And why do they, why did they make a Joker movie? And he was saying, why don't they, wh- couldn't they just make a movie of the question and a bunch of other characters? I thought, I'd love to see a question. Oh, you would never get a blank face question. Exactly. I said, what well, are the odds you'd actually get a blank, like do the blank face thing? There's no way they're going to hire an actor to have no face mm. unless and literally unless they cast you know doug jones or or um or some complete unknown yeah or some it doesn't unknown. matter like, yeah yeah but uh, but it's, he, he wouldn't he'd be you know he'd be taking the the mask off he'd, he'd have the mask on for the first scene and then he wouldn't wear it again until the last scene you know it, it'd be that kind of deal and that would just drive me up the wall yeah. You know, it's like when, you know, Dread ta- in the style where Dread takes his helmet off five minutes in and you just go, you fuckers. <laughs> it literally isn't yeah. Judge Dread anymore. That's his face. Judge Dread is only a chin. He's yeah, a sentient chin. He's a chin and his, his helmet, that's his face. You know, that's that's it. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's not true, but I always assumed as a kid he couldn't take, it was melded onto his skull through <laughs> some kind of accident or whatever. He literally couldn't take the helmet off. I mean, there are bits where he takes the helmet off, but you don't. You only ever see him in silhouette or whatever. But yada yada. But um, but yeah. So, but I always love. I love that kind of that kind of the, the the trope of the guy who never takes the helmet off. It's very mysterious. Guy, that kind of thing. Yeah, that kind of mysterious character, you know. But yeah, but but uh, so I hope the Mandalorian keeps that up beyond the first episode, which I've not seen. Can we talk about Werner Herzog? <laughs> oh it's God, I love that guy. That was oh, that was a terrible Werner. He was just amazing. <laughs> oh my god! Like so, he Werner Herzog is a guy that I only became aware of, and you're going to slap me for this because how I have like seven thousand pop culture podcasts is beyond <laughs> me because I don't know anything about fucking anything. But I only became aware of Werner Herzog because Paul F. Tompkins does a terrible impression of him on the Comedy Bang Bang podcast every now and again. Yeah, yeah. So he'll, like, go on the show and he'll pretend to be Werner Herzog talking about his latest, like, nihilistic movie or whatever. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a Werner Herzog movie. No, me neither. I don't But I absolutely fell in love with this idea of somebody who speaks in such a, like, purposeful, yet almost somehow deadpan manner, mm. but still shoves, like all of the emotions into everything he says. Yeah. And it was uh, the first time I actually heard his real genuine voice 
was in the episode of Rick and Morty where he plays that alien that's talking about penises on Earth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny to say they are small and it is funny to say they are big. And it, <laughs> it goes on that whole spiel about sometimes yeah. they hold a thermos there and say, look at me, I am thermos dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's got the perfect voice for everything ever. He is, he is, like I said, I don't think, I, I only know him from his cameos. Like he did a cameo in Jack and Reacher as the villain. And he's like a perfect villain. And he's not an actor, yeah. as far as I know. He's literally just a director, a writer and director. But he, you look at him and there's the bit where he says something like, he says Parsec, which is obviously a bit of Star Wars lingo kind yeah. of thing. He's Parsec. And I'm like, fuck it, he looks like he was, that was written for him to say that. Yeah. He sells that. It's like he's got such a command of a scene without being yeah. like bombastic and huge. Yeah. And I love him. I absolutely love him. Lee, I've just realised what time it is and how okay. my husband's going to start wanting to come to bed soon, and how we were going to talk about a program we've actually watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you want to spend? I mean, maybe five minutes just talking okay. about the Watchmen and okay, why it's great. <laughs> okay, let's segue to Watchmen. Here's the thing now. I said, again, bringing it back. I'm not sure if this is really clever or just me being fucking obsessed. Bring it back <laughs> to Joker again. Fucking fix that. Please let me slag off the Joker for another half an hour. Um, <laughs> there are certain things that seem like a bad idea from the start. Like Joker, when that was announced, it sounded like a stupid, pointless idea. No matter, before I even knew who was making it or whatever, it just seemed like we don't need a Joker origin story. Nobody's after that. At its core, the Joker doesn't need an origin. It's best if it's kept vague. Even yeah. Killing Joke, which is about the best origin story the Joker's ever going to get, is still only a possibility, right? It's firmly established that that's, you know, only a possibility. It's not mm. It's not a firm plan. So you, so you just think that's dumb. And then you watch the film and you go, yeah, that was a shit idea, shitly made, and it's a shit result. Flash forward to around about the same time, the uh, the Joker thing was revealed. They they revealed that they were going to make a sequel TV series to Watchmen. And again, I thought that's a stupid fucking idea. <laughs> Nobody is asking for a sequel to Watchmen. Watchmen doesn't need a sequel. It's all it's it's self-contained as a graphic novel. It you know nothing more needs to be said. It's kind of open-ended, but it's open-ended in a way that doesn't really need a sequel. Even if Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons were doing a sequel, I'd be thinking, really, guys, maybe you shouldn't. You know, mm. do we need a, you know, it's like Stallone doing it yet another Rambo movie. You really just, we don't need it. You know, we don't need another Rocky movie. So I was, and then I was trying to figure out, like I said, I said it was supposed to be a sequel, but we didn't know that at first. It was literally just, we're doing a Watchmen TV series. And I was thinking, well, we got the movie, which I kind of like a lot. It's not perfect. Me too. It misses the point in a few places, but I think as a, as a faithful adaptation, that's about as close as you're going to get. Mm. They they really just looked at the comic pages and used those as storyboards for a lot of it. So that's about as far. They changed stuff, but, you know, that's about as close as you, we could ever hope to get. So I thought, well, TV series, we don't really need to remake. That's kind of there. It's done. It was pretty well cast. It wasn't perfect, but it's we, we got quite, I think we struck out quite lucky. We struck quite lucky there. Mm. And then you saw that we had the trailers for Watchmen, and it was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I hadn't got a clue. I'm not recognising anything. No, I, I watched that, and I just thought, well, what you've done there is you've seen the yellow motif from the cover of the trades and gone, yeah. let's throw that in there, I guess. Yeah, it, it, and, uh, it, it really looked, it <laughs> no really looked idea. like 
I've written a superhero TV series. Will you make it? Yes, we will make it. But if you will, but we've got the license to do Watchmen. So if you slap Watchmen's name on that, diddle around with some of the imagery, then we're good to go. And he went, okay, that's cool. We'll do that. So I really, I basically made my mind up not to bother with it. Because mm. I thought, that's a stupid idea. It's going to crash and burn. It's going to be embarrassing. I won't bother with it. And then I don't know what, I think just because people are going, are you going to watch it? Are you going to watch it? I thought, I'll just watch the first one, just so I can tell people I've watched it, it was shit, and I'm not going to watch any more. Mm. And then I watched the first one, and I thought, fucking hell, this is some good shit. Yeah, same. I'm not sure what it's got to do with Watchmen, but fucking hell, (laughs) this is some good shit. Then episode two came out, I thought, this is still some really, really good shit. It would probably be better if it wasn't called Watchmen, but fucking hell, this is some compulsive good telly. And then the third episode came out, and I thought, this is the, the fucking Watchmen sequel I didn't know I wanted. Mm-hmm. But fucking hell, I really want this now. I'm really enjoying this, how, how they're dealing with Because the third episode is the one that really, actually, is the first episode that picks up the threads from the book. Yeah. There, there's a few hints and bits of background colour that could literally just be lip service to you know just to keep you know just fan service really mm. just go look there's little squiddy things nudge nudge wink wink you know look somebody just mentioned dr manhattan nudge nudge wink wink we'll never mention him again but the third episode really solidifies it as a hardcore no we are doing a fucking sequel and we know what we're doing yeah we are taking these characters and we're projecting them 30 years into the future you know into back to you know to now basically and they sold me on it, completely sold me on it at that point. And I, I felt kind of guilty about it because it's like, <laughs> no, 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 we we don't need a Watchmen sequel. And then they go and make a really good one so mm. far. Um, and then you think, well, I don't know fuck about anything then, I guess, because they've gone and made a really good fucking show here. Yep. I read an interview with the the guy who's writing it and his name is yeah. escaping my brain at the moment. Yeah, I know. Um, and it's gone blank and I... It's, it's really it's annoying. The last guy, essentially. Damon yeah. Lindelof. Lindelof. Is yeah. that, yeah. And he was basically saying that he's such a huge fan of Watchmen that he knew that if there was anything that he wrote that was, that didn't feel like Watchmen, he would bin it. Because yeah. he said, he said that I'm not, I'm not in this because I want to make a book off the name Watchmen. It's because I want to pay homage to a book that fucking, you know, yeah. d- paved the way for me becoming a writer kind of thing and i think i think that was the thing that really shone through to me because i think i felt a bit differently to you because i felt like it was very distinctly watchman straight away mm. i think some of the uses of imagery in it yeah. and some of the sort of non-linear storytelling the the sort of flitting about in time and different focuses um felt very watchman to me and i think I think the thing that struck me the most about it almost instantly is that everybody in it is really, really fucking good. Yeah, like, yeah. Th- there's not a single person in that show who is not bringing their A game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've only seen the first three episodes. I think there's four out now. But like you say, that third one, when they really start bringing, like, quite heavily referencing Watchmen stuff that's yeah. going to be relevant to the rest of the series, that whole episode was just packed yeah. With fucking scene after scene of just like just riveting, <laughs> just properly riveting acting. And, and it's and it's non filler. Like going back to what I was saying before yes. about you'll have episodes that are just nothing. This isn't this is like they, they've got a story they want to fucking tell. Mm. 
Mm. And each episode has its own fucking arc to it and, and all that kind of stuff. It's like it's like a throwback to, <laughs> to fucking. Yeah. Suddenly it's, it's not decompressed storytelling all of a sudden. Mm. You could take out any one of these scenes and it'd be a little bit of a masterclass on its on its own, you know. Mm. Uh, and like you say, they, they've borrowed a lot of. Here's the, here's the thing about Dan and Lindelof. I'd forgotten about because he was the driving force behind Lost. Yes. And I rem- I was a big fan of Lost, and I still I still rate it. And I remember at the time reading an interview with him at the time when he was uh, he was just the Lost guy, saying about what a big fan of Watchmen he was, mm. and literally he was making his Watchmen with Lost. And he took the what, the reason there's so many flashbacks in lost is because that's the format of watchman there'd be an issue set in the present and then the next issue would be a flashback then there'd be an issue set in the present and then there'd be a flashback and he said and that's what he took but he basically put the two together so you'd have a flashback a current story and a flashback story in each episode and and that whole thing about it, it building up into a, escalating and all that kind of stuff was pure watchman storytelling so when i heard he was doing it it kind of clicked and i went oh, okay now it kind of makes sense I didn't, I, you know, I, I didn't expect it to be any good, but it, like, <laughs> but it, it clicked. And I thought, okay, he's not a guy who's just, who's never seen it. Who's mm-hmm. just coming on to do his own thing. And there's a, there's a, there's an official Watchmen podcast that came out with the third episode and he just covered the episode. I think they're just going to do, I think there's nine episodes, isn't there? So they're probably going to do three podcasts because yeah. each podcast, I think he's going to do every three episodes. And it's basically an hour podcast where he's just interviewed about the first three episodes and his process. He talks about how he took it on board and all this kind of stuff. And I'll, I'll hands up. I know, I know, um, he said a lot of dumb stuff and, and all that kind of stuff. But he, I, I believe from listening to that part, he's the real deal. He's not fucking around. He's honestly to God trying to make the best fucking watchman story he can. He's, he's not just sticking a name on it. Like you say, he's, yeah. he's really, He's hardcore into it. He's really got his eyes on the legacy and all that kind of stuff. And he wants to earn the right to, to call it Watchmen, you know, because mm. he, mm. he does say, he said, he said the worst thing he could imagine would be, or not, maybe not the worst thing, but if, if people watched it and went, that's really good, but it's not Watchmen. He said that would be a knife in his heart because that's the thing he's absolutely trying to avoid. He'd rather have people watch it and hate it then watch it, like it, and go, but yeah, but it's, it's not Watchmen, though, is it? Mm. And so he's, I don't doubt his integrity about making it. Whether You could argue whether it should be made at all, yada, yada, yada. But I think he's in the, like with Zack Snyder, to be honest, when he made the, the Watchmen movie, he, was seri- he wasn't fucking around. He was seriously trying to make the best Watchmen movie he, could, he possibly could. Yeah. Because he was passionate about it. It wasn't just a gig for him and this isn't just a gig for, for damon lindelhoff from as far as i can tell you know that's the feeling i get he's he's in it fucking body and soul mm. and the fact that he's not just doing a remake either but what he's doing is taking the kind of like the perspective and kind of like the shape and kind of like the energy of the graphic novel and projecting it forward and yeah. going okay if the nuclear threat was an 80s thing what is the the zeitgeist of of now which is kind of like race in america and that kind of stuff and he fucking went hardcore into the race uh thing he again he's not you know again unlike um joker which i felt just fanned around and said it was about important stuff i genuinely think this the watchman tv series is saying some important stuff 
Yeah. I mean, the very first scene of the very first episode, which is the the kind of the race massacre in uh, Tulsa. Is it Tulsa in nineteen twenty one? Yeah. They called it Black Wall, uh, Wall Street, didn't they? That's it, yeah. yeah. Now, I watched that, and it's a horrific, horrible, agonising scene, right? And when it finished, I thought, fucking hell. And just something about me said, have a look and see if that was based on a real event. Because mm. obviously it's it's an alternative history and all that kind of stuff. But I thought, have a look, see if that was based on, was there like a lesser thing that happened that went a different way? Uh, and no, that was a real event that really happened. And that was pretty much a pretty close approximation of what happened, even down to the planes firebombing mm-hmm. the buildings, which really happened. And it's been it basically it's been written out of American history. Even Americans have never fucking heard of it. And I, I, I just thought if he never does anything else with this show to put that back in the public consciousness mm. is it justifies it really on its own. Mm. Um, because it, it has just kind of like, you know, it's, it's interesting to see the amount of criticism it's been getting again from certain, a certain vocal minority yeah. about it being too political and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And I think, but I mean, I, th- I think when you're basing something on Watchmen, you can't expect it to not be political because that's exactly that's what Watchmen was. Yeah. It, <laughs> you, you, exactly you don't get comics much more political than that, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's it's like it's like you know it's like accusing V for Vendetta of being a bit too die folksy, you know. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's it's just it is it's just I'm I, oh Christ what's the name of the actress who the, the main actress who plays oh, sister? Oh shut up, um. <laughs> sister. Oh, fucking oh fucking this is going to torture me now. Regina King. There you Thank go. You. She heard. I, I, I'm again. I might be misquoting, so but I, I, I'm sure she was. She asked about it, and I think she, she said her response to the criticism. She was asked about the criticism, and she said something along those exact lines, which was, "If you think Watchmen wasn't political, you haven't read Watchmen. You're not as big a fan." Yeah. As you've you missed. Think you've you entirely missed the point yeah. of Watchmen. Uh, I think because I tried to. Um, to, to talk about Watchmen on a recent episode of Stace and Barry in the morning, but at the time I'd only watched episode one and Barry hadn't seen any yeah. of them. And I did say to him, I said, it's one of those shows though, where I'm far enough removed from what's going on in that show yeah. for it to not have too much of a terrible impact on me. Yeah. So I can get why, <coughs> excuse me. I can get why some people might watch that and think, do you know what? No, that's too much. Yeah. I don't want this in my life right now. Everything is enough of a trash fire that I just don't need this extra layer of yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. fantastical race war. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I can understand that. But I did say to him then as well, I said, but there will also be like a, a vocal minority of people who will dislike it purely because it is saying that racism is wrong. <laughs> yeah. And that yeah. fascism is terrible. I think I think I you'd ne- I never would have thought it ten years ago, but to to have like a clearly anti KKK anti racism show like this or anti Nazi uh, kind of movies and stuff like that, you would you would never have thought that, that would be a controversial subject. Oh yeah, that was something. That was one of the things that Rick said in the the episode of Rick and Morty that that got me mm. was when he regenerates into a clone in one of these like fascist led dimensions, I think he says something along the lines of when did this become the default and yeah, then kills yeah. himself. And yeah. I was like, yeah, when, when did this? Uh- <laughs> yeah, like When you were a kid, you, you thought like dinosaurs were going to be a problem. You thought lava was going to be a problem. You thought quicksand was going to be a problem. You basically thought Nazis were kind of confined to history 
at that mm. point. And then here we are now in 2019, and it's like, yeah, turns out that, you know, quicksand, not a big problem. Lava, not a worry. Nazis, suddenly, they're all back again now. Bit of an issue. And suddenly... Bit of an issue. But don't, don't worry, you can melt them with milkshakes. And on, <laughs> and on that really quite pessimistic note, <laughs> I really need to shit. <laughs> so, Lee. I had, I had a sense to shit before I come on. Oh, I did that too, but I've got IBS. So, okay. I, I, I may have accidentally eaten something tonight that contains both onion and garlic, which are both triggers for my pulitum. Oh, okay. But I fucking love bolognese, and no, I'm not going to stop eating it. So shut up, (laughs) Doctor. I don't have to live with that. I don't. You eat what you like, love. (laughs) You 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 guzzle it down. I've always had that feeling. I know this is going to sound really terrible because this is not how you should live your life if you've got like IBS or whatever. But I always feel like if I'm at home and I know where the toilet is, I don't care because I like the food. (laughs) I like the food. But anyway, I'm clenching hard. So let's go, Lee. It's been a delight to have a chat with you again yeah it feels it feels like yesterday that we chatted but skype tells me it was not (laughs) (laughs) yeah we were trying to figure out what because skype was telling us it was a year ago but it clearly wasn't it had to be what you like say it was april but it still seems like a a long man that's a long time ago it is isn't it but it's been an absolute delight and as ever you are the king of pop culture i love it (laughs) thank you very much i like you know i'm I'm always have to come on and just talk bollocks about because i know nothing about anything (laughs) else so i'm prepared to just give fucking opinions because i got a million of those (laughs) do you have any um projects or social meds you'd like to plug before we go i can't believe i just said social meds social meds no well (sighs) you know i'm 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 a podcasting lone ranger as i've said before i go here and there I, i again i've been going about this i'm kind of percolating a new podcast about 70s sci-fi movies that I'm, I'm kind of committing myself i figure if i talk about it much enough i'm gonna have to do it at some point <laughs> so i'm gonna go on about that i still haven't got a title for it but <laughs> if people have got any ideas i'm on twitter at lovelyly underscore g and they can come and hassle me and you know and just follow my bullshit on there <laughs> delightful well thank you again for joining us and um lovely listeners i'll see you next month for episode fucking 100 baby get in my belly which will it actually coincides with our like big bumper end of the year christmas spectacular with rich and phil so that's well timed shit it is isn't it i I didn't do that on purpose i swear that's Um, that's crafty (laughs) yeah so that should be a good one so have a bloody good rest of november and uh, and i'll see you for christmas you okay. delightful tarts mm-hmm. bye bye thank you for listening to stacy's pop culture parlor to get in touch with me the titular stace you can follow me on twitter at stacy's parlor send an email to stacy's parlor at gmail.com or come and join the stacy's pop culture parlor facebook group If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah!